What an amazing moment in worship on today. Let's prepare to hear the word of God on today. As we're in week two of our four-part installment called Live Strong, I pray that you had a chance to really uh, digest and to live on those prayer points that we prayed over on last week where we talked about what it means to live strong. I'm built for it. I want to simply talk about today when I'm made strong. When I'm made strong. Father, I thank you. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thine sight, O oh Lord. It is our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. I want you to look at your neighbor today and just simply say, when I'm made strong, when I'm made strong, this second installment of our four-part series as we begin to talk about what it means to live strong. I want you to go to the book of Luke, chapter number four, and I want to really just settle right here at the beginning, and I want to read these first two verses here, but I want you to think about that subject on today, when I'm made strong, when I'm made strong. I really want you to hear that today. Jesus, being full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. For 40 days being tempted by the devil, he ate nothing during those days. And when they had ended, he became hungry. Luke chapter number four, verses one and two is where we're going to start. It uh, says here, Jesus being full of the Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. For 40 days being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they had ended, he became hungry. I want to remind you of what we're talking about today, our subject on how to live strong when I'm made strong. When I set to write this portion of this installment of our series out, my ears instantly tuned to the frequency of a song that was penned by the late Thomas Whitfield. As I begin to compose myself in, in writing this this sermon out on today, uh, I kept hearing uh, the voice of my worship mentor, Bishop William Murphy III, uh, who re-recorded this original song. I kept hearing him singing a portion of this song, uh, and I kept just hearing his voice say, because when I'm weak, that's when I'm made strong. And I could just hear him saying, no defeat, I only know love. In our times of weakness and uh, our worship and our devotion can be one of the greatest tools used to combat our weak points in life. I want to take some time today and just really walk you through this first verse. This, this first verse of this song that Thomas Whitfield wrote some years ago. I didn't realize it, but he wrote this song right here in the city of Cleveland years ago at the Civic Center, what they call now New Spirit Revival Center, Dr. Darrells and Belinda Scott. Uh, but he wrote this and he penned it like this. He says, I glory in my trouble. I will lift my head I won't be discouraged because when I'm sad, he made me glad. Persecuted, but not destroyed. Cast down, but not forsaken. Because when I'm weak, that's when I'm made strong. I want you to hear this. I know no defeat. I know only love, and I could just hear Bishop William Murphy, I mean, he's shouting this on his record, uh, all is well, all is well, for when I'm weak, that's when I am strong. Luke says that Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, he was influenced and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days and for 40 nights, uh, 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 the text incurs that the enemy tempted him. Having no food, 
to eat during this time. The, the text says that when they had ended, Jesus became hungry. I want you to repeat after me. When I'm weak, I'm made strong. When I'm weak, that's when I'm made strong. Think about it. Jesus was being led into the wilderness. And during those 40 days and the 40 nights, uh, the enemy pursued him with different vices of temptation. Although the text doesn't reveal to us uh, on what those different vices was over the 40 days that he was being led into the wilderness and around the wilderness, we, 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 we come to the point where we understand that Jesus uh, was being tempted by the devil. And we understand that temptation is something that we're all tempted with. We have to understand that Jesus was tempted, but yet it does not really reveal uh, uh, at the end of his spirit-led journey through the wilderness, the Bible says, and they came out. I like that. It says that when they ended, they came out. The tables turned and reality hits Jesus and now he's hungry. Have you ever been at a weak point where you become so hungry uh, after you've just been doing all of the different things that you're doing and now you're hungry? Jesus is hungry. Not only is Jesus hungry to the point that he is weak from no natural substance of nourishment, uh, but Jesus is weak from the lack of natural nutrients that come to provide our natural bodies the strength that is needed to function properly. Think about it. He, he was led by the Spirit, meaning that he was on such a spiritual high and having not eaten properly during those days that, that once he comes out, his, his body begins to react and, and it begins to respond through what he's been through over the 40 days. He's, he's tempted in the wilderness. He's being led around by the Spirit. Come on now. Uh, he's being influenced in the Holy Ghost. Come on now. But he's hungry. Come on now. Uh, at the end of this fast, at the end of this journey, at the end of this 40 days where he's tempted, he now comes out of this wilderness. And when they had ended the journey, he now becomes hungry. He now becomes hungry. I, I, I really want us to understand that when they had ended, it says that Jesus became hungry. I really believe that the they were the same spirits or the same uh, entities that were in the garden with him, the Holy Ghost and the devil and Jesus. Come on now. Uh, there, was, there, was, there was the Holy Spirit leading him around. There was Jesus himself being led through the wilderness. But then there is the devil who is walking right along and he's finding different ways to tempt him. But it's not until they end, come on now, they, that they end that Jesus becomes hungry. And now that Jesus is hungry, we can see your boy, Satan, the enemy, the devil, whatever you want to call him, he now puts his plan of attack in place. When we look at this here, if we really want to understand it, uh, think about it here. Uh, in the wilderness, the devil tempted him. Uh, in the wilderness, the devil um, bothered him, agitated him, frustrated him. But because he was being led in the wilderness by the Spirit, uh, it wasn't effective as it would be once the journey ends. In the wilderness, Jesus is focused. In the wilderness, he's, he's, he's focused on his assignment and, and eating and doing all of the other things, getting up, getting to Starbucks and doing all of that other stuff. Uh, he's really not concerned about it because he's being influenced by the enemy. But when they had ended, Jesus becomes hungry and the enemy, because he stays so close to him, uh, he realizes that Jesus is at a weak moment in his life. I need somebody to say it with me. Uh, when I'm weak, that's when I'm made strong. When I'm weak, 
that's when I'm made strong. We can, we can look at some different examples in the Bible. We can look at Samson. Samson was strong in every battle that he fought. Samson was strong when he had the jawbone of the ass in his hand. But the moment he put it down, he became weak. Come on now. Uh, the moment that he stopped fighting, he went back to Delilah. He, he went back to the struggles of his life. And, 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 and although he had the struggles, it was the adrenaline of the anointing of the spirit of the grace that was on his life uh, that allowed him to not focus so much on his struggle. But here we can see Samson. He was physically strong, but then he becomes physically weak. We can also look at the story of David. David is strong in worship. He's strong in prayer. He's strong in his devotion uh, before the Lord. Uh, uh, but then we can see that he walks out on the porch and he has a porch moment. Uh, and he sees Bathsheba and everything falls apart. Come on now. Uh, the enemy is always around at every moment in your life. We, we can see it here uh, when we look at it. When we look at it, number one, you and I uh, must be, you and I must, it is an absolute must that we recognize that during our strong moments that the enemy's plan to tempt us in the wilderness will not be as strong in the beginning, but it's when we come out of the wilderness However, we can see that the enemy never quits. He's with Jesus in the wilderness, but he comes out with Jesus. And he never quits. He remains with Jesus, and at the point Jesus becomes hungry, he turns up the plan to attack him. I really want you to see this, and I just talked about it. He turns up the plan to do what? Samson, go back and do the Delilah. He turns up the plan, and he says, David, sleep with Bathsheba. Not only does he say sleep with Bathsheba, but then he says, lie to her husband. Now you tell a lie. Now the man doesn't fall for the lie, and now he says, kill the man. Oh, come on. Now, do, do you see how the enemy has a plan to attack us at our weak moments, the moments that we are weak, the moments that we're fighting, the moments that we need spiritual and natural nourishment, the enemy has a plan to attack us. Number two, in every strong wilderness moment of our lives, we should always be prepared to fight against the weak moments where the enemy comes to take advantage of us. Uh, num number one, let's, let's look at that again. Uh, uh, we must recognize that during our strong moments that the enemy always has a plan to attack us in the wilderness and out of the wilderness. But then number two, uh, in every strong wilderness moment of our life, we should be prepared to fight against the weak moments where the enemy comes to take advantage of us. Uh, we, we should be prepared to fight. We talked about it on last week. Putting on the armor of God. That's what it means to live strong because when you have on the armor of God during those weak moments, uh, you'll be prepared to fight. You'll be prepared to live. You'll be prepared to live strong. And so we can see here that the enemy has an attack. Uh, he's out to attack the grace. He's out to attack the character. He's out to attack the moral consciousness of Jesus. Come on now. Uh, I'm reminded of those moments where I entered a season of fasting. And the temptation to, to eat those almond M&Ms. If you know anything about your bishop, uh, I love almond M&Ms. I haven't had any in a while. Uh, but the craving to cheat and to give in to my hunger at moments would be enormous. However, the same temptation that I had overcome during my fast or during the seasons where I said I was not going to eat sugar, uh, those same temptations would be right there when I walked out, when I finished that moment in my life being weak and wanting to eat whatever I could to satisfy my hunger, it would be stronger than it was before, just like the enemy stayed with Jesus. Uh, he stays to tempt us with what we have denied ourselves. Although 
we are weak in areas of our life, God will make us strong. Come on, I need somebody to say this. God will make me strong. Say it with me. When I'm weak, that's when I'm made strong. Luke says that when Jesus became hungry, uh, the devil came to tempt him. Look, look at that word hungry. I, I like what it says here. It, it, it says he was so hungry that he began to feel the pains, uh, the pain of having uh, a lack of food. Food, uh, hunger ought to be very hungry. Jesus was so hungry that it was painful. Uh, he was so hungry that he was probably agitated. Uh, do you know anybody in your family that when they get hungry, my son Joshua, when he gets hungry, he can't think right? And, and it always seems that when my son gets hungry, my wife is right there to pounce on him to make him think. And she said, think, Joshua. Think your way through it. And he gets so discombobulated and frustrated that my wife begins to laugh. There are moments in your life where you get so weak because the pain of, 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 of hunger, that, that lack of nourishment that you've been missing in your life, it, it causes you to just act a certain way. I really want you to remember this, that the title of our, our sermon series is to, is to live strong through our weak moments where the enemy has plans and his plans are to disrupt our communion and our fellowship. It is important for us to remember that, that God has already provided you and I with the strength and the stamina to overcome the enemy's plans. And this occurs by leaning upon his word that he has placed in us for such a time as this. Uh, David says in, in Psalms uh, 119.11, Your word have I treasured and stored in my heart that I might not sin against you. Living strong in times of weakness requires that we do what? That we treasure God's word in such a way that we store up and we put it away in our hearts. It's, it's what Jesus did. Jesus had so much of the word stored up in his heart. He, he treasured his father's word and he treasured his father's commands that, that when the enemy came, when the enemy came with three ifs, come on now, uh, when the enemy came with those three ifs, come on now, he was able to pull on the word that had been stored up in his heart. When I'm weak, that's when I'm made strong. Jesus was made strong at the very moment he spoke the word of God, the word that was hidden in his heart for such a moment as this temptation would be. Just like Jesus, you and I come to the point of feeling the pains of what it means to be hungry. And the, and the weakness of the, of the lack of nourishment. But I want to simply talk to you in this point, in point number three, about the three ifs that the enemy uses against us in our times of weakness. You can see it right here, right here in verse number four, in chapter number four of Luke. I'm reading out of the uh, New American Standard Bible. We can see the first if. Uh, he says that if you are the Son of God, then tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answers with the word. Come on now. When I'm weak, I'm made strong because I learn how to speak the word. Jesus responds and he says, man shall not live by bread alone. Come on now. Uh, 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 uh. We can see in moments of our weakness that the enemy comes to do what? He comes to attack the power of our words. The enemy says to Jesus, uh, you have the power. I know you got the power because your daddy got the power. Come on now. I, I know you have some power in your life and, and you have the power to speak to these stones because you're hungry. You can turn these stones into bread. Come on now. Uh, you can turn these stones into bread. Uh, uh, you've got so much power. Go ahead and do it. Although Jesus had become weak of hunger, he understood that his power, come on now, uh, that his power, 
that his power to turn the stones into bread uh, were in his power to do. But then he understood that, that the deceptive tricks of the enemy were to expose his powers. Come on now. The enemy always looks for a way to expose what he doesn't know you know how to do, but he believes that you know how to do it. So let me tempt you when you are weak. You, you got the power to make something happen, uh, but, but it's going to be unethical for you to do it. Why? Because you really don't have to do it. You can wait till you get home. You can wait till you get to the restaurant. Uh, you can wait until tomorrow, but you don't have to perform tricks uh, just to get your way. Come on now. Uh, the enemy's trying to use the power of his words. Come on now. If you are, come on now, he tempts you with who you are, your identity. If you are the Son of God, then turn these stones into bread. We must be careful in the stressful moments that, that we don't fall victim to the enemy of our flesh. Remember the enemy is after the power of my words. Come on, I need you to repeat it after me. The enemy is after the power of my words. Come on now. Uh, he uses our emotions. Uh, he uses our feelings. He, he uses whatever he can so that he can trick us uh, in, into speaking things into existence that we don't have to speak into. Now, Jesus had the power to do it, but then Jesus understands I might be be hungry, uh, but I've got another spirit on the inside of me that can feed me until I get to the table where I can receive natural nourishment. Uh, come on now. These stones, come on now, uh, can fill me, but I don't have to turn these stones because I have the bread of life on the inside of me. Remember that he's after that. In our weak moments, we, we must guard the power of our words that we don't make unauthorized miracles that yield no glory back to God. Had Jesus done that, had, had Jesus done that, uh, God gets no glory. But guess what? God gets all of the glory when we put it back in his hands and, and we simply say, I'm hungry, but I'm not that hungry to perform a trick. Uh, I'm hungry, but I'm not that hungry to do something that my father has not authorized me to do. We know what Jesus said. Jesus said, I only do what my father do. I, I, I can only say what I've seen, what I've heard my father say it and as of right now come on now uh, that miracle is old he only did that for the children of Israel where he rained manna down from heaven uh, there is no need for me to do that because I'm living proof that the bread of life that the God that is on the inside of me can sustain me through this weak moment although I am hungry Come on now, uh, although I am hungry, in moments of our weakness, have you ever noticed that the enemy, our flesh, seems to offer us things that will cause us to bow to the enemy of the things, come on now, that we have been through. Come on, I like this second if, come on now. The first if he says, if you are the son of God, then turn these stones into bread. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. What do you have next? Then he comes and he says, uh, uh, if, therefore, if you worship me, it shall be all yours. Jesus answers with the word again, saying, it is written, you shall not worship or we shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. No matter what the enemy's trying to get you to bow to, the enemy's after the power of your words, and then he's after what? Your value of worship. Come on now. Uh, he wants to steal and to contaminate uh, the value of worship in your life. And, and when we worship, we don't worship worship. We don't worship things, but we're worshiping the God who is worship. Uh, we're worshiping the God who created worship. We're worshiping the God, come on now, that is surrounded in worship. God is worship and worship is God. Come on now. And so the enemy comes and he says, therefore, if you would bow to me and worship me, uh, 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 the, the Jesus says, I ain't that weak now. I ain't that stupid now. Come on now. I'm only bowing to my father. Come on now. Because I understand the law that we shall not worship and have no other gods before us. 
The enemy's after the power of my words, my identity. He wants to accuse me that I'm not the son of God. And then he comes to say, uh, you don't really have any value, uh, so why don't you just bow to some earthly things? How many things in life have we bowed to because we're hungry and we're weak and, and we just don't know how to get through it? You've got to speak the word of God, living strong. We can see with the second if. The enemy comes to attack what? Our loyalty and worship to God. The enemy is very savvy in his approach where he offers Jesus two things to coerce him uh, into bowing before him. Uh, verses, four, uh, verses 5 and 6 simply say this, and he led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of this world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, I will give you all of this domain and its glory for it has been handed over to me and, and I give it to whomever I wish. Do, do you hear this? Do, do, do you hear how the enemy is trying to set the Son of Man up? Come on now, this sounds like uh, the, 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 the Garden of Eden. Uh, uh, did God really say you would die? Uh, did God really say that you couldn't eat uh, uh, the, the, uh, from this tree? The enemy's trying to do what? He's trying to accuse uh, God that God does not have his own glory. He's trying to accuse the Creator that he doesn't have his domain and, and, and his own dominion. And so now he offers Jesus something that he already has. Can I say it to you? In your times of weakness, the enemy is going to offer you something that God has already given you, but when you're weak, you've got to be aware that your conscience, your natural mind, your emotions, your wisdom, your intellect uh, is a little dysfunctional. And so if you're not really listening, you'll begin to take what the enemy offers you. Glory that exalts yourself. Come on now. We've got to be careful in our moments of weakness. Come on now. He offers us things that causes us to bow to the enemy of things that God has already provided for us. The enemy offers the powers and the glory that had already belonged to Jesus. How can the enemy give you glory when you already have glory? Come on now. Because I'm living in him and the spirit is in me. That means that the glory of God rests in me but when I'm weak that's when I'm made strong it's when I'm weak however in the moments of weakness the enemy has a way of showing us things he has a way of enlightening things that will cause us to begin to look and reason the second if exposes the greed for gratified self-promotion uh, uh, that only reflects the glory of self in the sight of God's presence. That's why we must be careful that we are not pulled away to our lust and greed in our moments of weakness. Come on now. He says, can you turn the stones into bread? But then he turns around when Jesus denies him. He says, why don't you just bow and worship me? And, and if you bow and worship me, I'll give you everything that I have. But because it's been given all to me, what has been given all to you? Come on now. You dead? You have no power. You're a liar. You're a thief. Come on now. Uh, uh, you, 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 you have, there is nothing good about what the enemy can offer you. But in moments of weakness, we've got to be careful of the offering of self-gratification. That I want to please myself. That I want to exalt myself in the moments where God is trying to get the glory out of my life. Worship is a powerful tool. We can see this here. That third if, three ifs that the enemy uses against me when I'm weak, when I'm coming out of the wilderness. I, I've been in the fight of my life. I, I, I've been through some emotional battles. I've been through some financial battles. And, and when I come out of the battle, I need to be refueled. I'm hungry. Uh, I'm tired. I need moments of rest. And that's when the enemy pounces upon you. Uh, uh, that third if says, if you are the son of God, he goes back to it. Come on now. Uh, throw yourself down from here. And Jesus answered him saying for the third time, uh, it is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to test. Come on now, he challenges the power of my words. 
my identity. Come on now. And then he comes to, to challenge uh, the worth of my worship, my, my relationship, the, the value of the glory of God that abides in my life. And then last of all, he comes to do what? He comes to challenge what? He comes to challenge me in such a way that he wants to say, just simply come up here because you've got power to turn you know, the, the stones and the bread. I know you can heal people and I know that you've been doing this, but you can throw yourself down and simply test God. I need you to be careful that in the moments of your weakness that you don't test God that you don't tempt God by exalting yourself. Come on now, by, by putting yourself in the limelight where you now become the center of attention, uh, where everybody's now looking at you. Come on now, he attacks the power of his words. He attacks the loyalty of worship, but then now he wants to attack the character. Come on now. Uh, he wants to attack my integrity where, where I begin to do things because I'm weak. I, I begin to test God and I begin to make choices to see if God is going to get me out of it. And, and I begin to do things that I should not do. But, but we can see here in the 30th that, that the enemy seeks to discredit Jesus that he moves further along by setting Jesus up to test or tempt his father in heaven by throwing himself to the ground so that the angels would catch him. The enemy wants to put Jesus uh, 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 up to a place where he's the show. Entertain us, Jesus, with all the power that you have. All you have to do is just entertain us and give us a show and, and make it look pretty. That you got to be careful that in moments of weakness that, that the enemy will offer you entertainment. He, he's going to test your integrity. He, he's going to test your moral character to see if you'll put yourself above God. I want to test God because I'm going through some things in my life. But, but Jesus responds each time with the word, living strong. And our times of weakness doesn't grant either us, either of us the right to show off or to, or to misguide others by, by the use of our inappropriate actions to be seen outside of God's order and his divine reflection of himself. Had Jesus done any of these three, he would have magnified himself. There, there would have been no glory to his father. Uh, he would have denied uh, us all the entry of understanding that we must decrease so that God will increase in our life. And how do we decrease? We allow the word of God, the word that has been stored up in my life, uh, the word that I treasure, I store it in my heart so that when the moments of temptation comes, uh, when the moments of weakness hit my life, uh, so that I'm made strong, I'm able to speak the word of God that man shall not live by bread alone, uh, that I am to only worship one living and true God. That is the God of the heavens. That is the creator of my life. That is the God who spoke light and said, let there be light. Come on now. He's the God that had a son and he sent him into the earth. Come on now. He died. Come on now. He was buried and he rose again. That's the only God that we should worship. And then I should never put myself in a place where I test or tempt God to do something because I'm weak. When I'm weak, that's when I'm made strong. Think about it. We can talk about this and we can look at the story of Jacob and Esau. We can see how Jacob and Esau, come on now, just give me a few more minutes. I, I need to really give this to you. We can see how Jacob and Esau, we can see how weakness comes in to destroy a birthright. Come on now, look, look at it. You can, you can go right to Genesis chapter 25. But Jacob said, first sell me your birthright. Come on now. Uh, it, it starts right there, uh, right there in verse number 30. Uh, it says, when Jacob had cooked stew, Esau came in from the field and was famished. And Esau said to Jacob, please let me have a swallow of the red stuff. Therefore, because I am famished. Therefore, his name was called Edom. 
Verse 31, but Jacob said, first sell me your birthright. Do you see it? In moments of weakness, the enemy always has a plan to take what belongs to you because we don't know how the, we don't learn the value, the worth, and our identity because we're so hungry, we're so thirsty, we don't hear what the enemy's asking for in return of our lack of nourishment. Jacob says, sell me your birthright. Verse number 32, Esau says, behold, I'm about to die. So what then is this birthright good to me? I mean, I mean, take it. I'm hungry. I'm starving. What am I going to do? I, I, I can't wait till I get back home. I, 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 I can't wait till God sends me the white wife, the, the, the right girl. And, and, and so I just marry anybody because the sex is good and the money is good and, and she looks good and she sounds good and, and her hair is nice. But I just can't wait because I'm just that thirsty. I got to get that car right now. I got to get that loan right now. Not understanding that you're selling your birthright. And so Esau says, uh, then Jacob says in verse number 34, uh, uh, um, uh, verse number 33, and Jacob said, first swear to me. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob in verse number 34 says, then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil soup. He ate and drank and rose and went on his way, and Esau despised his birthright. We can see uh, uh, this conundrum here as we juxtapose, as, as we put Jesus here and Jacob and Esau here. We can see that Jesus comes to redeem a lost birthright. He comes to show you and I in the New Testament, under the New Covenant, that you and I have grace to speak the Word of God. When the enemy comes after my value, he comes after my identity. He wants me to bow to something that is not God. I've got to have the word on the inside of me that I don't care how hungry I am. I don't care how thirsty I am. I don't care how weak I am. I'm not going to bow to bail. I'm not going to perform any tricks. I'm not going to make the bad choices that I tempt God to come in and rescue me from something that I had no business doing. I'm able able to speak the word because I can live through the bread of life. Come on now. We can see that Jesus redeems Esau. He redeems Adam. Oh, y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. He redeems us because he shows us that when I'm weak, I'm made strong because I know that I can speak the word of God and I can resist the temptation of the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Live strong. Come on now, we've got to live strong here. Can I minister to someone today? Uh, you've been through the stormy journeys of your wilderness moment, and now you're weak and famished to the point that the enemy wants you to turn stones into bread. Come on now, can, can I minister to someone? Uh, uh, you've gotten through this battle, and you've come out of the fight, and now the enemy says, I want you to bow to something else, because if you bow, I'll give you something else that you've never had before. But if you can just stand and lift your hands and worship the God that has brought you through every storm, Ah, he'll give you something that you never have to ask for. That's the glory. That's the grace. That's the strength. But the enemy wants to steal your worship. Can I minister to someone today? You're in a battle. You're in a fight, and the enemy wants to put you front and center. He wants to attack your character. He wants to attack your weakness by telling you, just perform. Come on now, just turn a trick. Come on now. Come on now, get into a bad deal. I'm talking to the drug dealer right now. Come on now. You can come off the corner, bruh. You don't have to go re-up. Come on now. Uh, you, you, you got all the money that you need. Come on, stop while you can. Come on now. Take all the money that you got and just invest it. Come on now. Ask God to forgive you, but don't allow the enemy to cause you to risk everything that you have because you want more, and you want more, and you want more, and you want the limelight, and so now you continue to do what? You continue to tempt God. And the moment that all hell breaks loose in your life, now you're sitting behind bars when you had a chance to stop what you're doing. 
living strong in times of weakness says that when I'm weak, God will make me strong. He'll, he'll give me a word that says uh, 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 I don't have to turn these stones into food because I can live by the bread of life. Come on now. God will feed me. Come on now. He'll send a dirty raven to feed me when I'm hungry. Come on now. I, I don't have to bow and worship and go to the psychic and play all of these other tricks. I, I can just lift my hands and say, Lord, thank you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I worship you and I honor you, oh God. You don't have to stand on top of a mountain and throw yourself down so that you can tempt God to save you. All you got to do is abide in his presence and allow his word to make you strong. When I'm weak, that's when I'm made strong. I, I, I want y'all, and I'm going to do this shameless plug, I, I want y'all to just go to YouTube and look up that song, uh, When I'm Weak by Bishop William Murphy III. And I just want you to hear the power of God ministering through this song. When I'm weak, God makes me strong. Lift your hands today. When I'm weak, God makes me strong. When I'm weak, God is going to be the substance of my life. When I'm weak, my faith is going to draw me closer to God. When I'm weak, God is going to allow the word that has been hidden in my heart to speak so that I don't sin against him so that I don't trespass, so that I don't transgress now, so that I don't cause other problems in my marriage and I don't cause other problems in my finances because I'm making bad choices because instead of speaking and living off the bread of life, I turn stones into bread when I could have just said, uh, that's not it, I've got the word in my heart. I want you to understand this, that, that, that you might not think that you have enough word in you, but you've got enough word in you that God will sustain you. What do you mean? You probably only have a thank you, Jesus. You probably only have no weapon formed against me will prosper. That's enough because the moment that you begin to speak it, the enemy recognizes that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is living and breathing in your life. Come on, lift your hands. Come on and lift your hands. As you lift your hands today, I want you to understand that the grace of God and the peace of God to restore your life as you live strong in this season, as we prepare for 22 days of prayer, the, the sound of Pentecost, uh, uh, the enemy's coming to attack. The, the enemy has a plan to tell you to stay at home. Uh, the enemy has a plan uh, to, to, to bring down snow, uh, to do whatever he can to disrupt your attention from getting to the face of God. Live strong. Put on the armor of God. Live strong. Speak the word of God. Worship only the living God. Don't test him. Trust him. This is my word to you. The grace of God. The peace of God. Father, we thank you for this word. Father, we thank you now, Father God, that you forgive us for allowing the enemy to trick us for entering into ungodly conversations where we have reasoned in our natural mind that, that we could do this and we could do that without the authority of God. Father, we thank you for entering moments in our mind, oh God, where we begin to exalt our weakness over your strength. Father, your word has spoken to us and we can see it through the life of Jesus Christ that Jesus is now strong. He's made strong because he spoke the word of God back into himself. And because he spoke the word of God, the enemy has no choice but to leave. I want to be saved. What must I do? Simply just lift your hands and just say, Lord, come into my heart. Lord, will you save me? This is salvation. This is the first part. Uh, uh, I confess that I've done wrong. I confess that I've been living the wrong way, that I have bowed to some gods that I should not have bowed to. But Father, I ask that you allow me to be your son, to be your daughter. I believe that your son died on the cross, rose again. He was buried and he rose again. It's my desire to be a part of the kingdom of God. If you pray that prayer, you're saved today. I love you so much. Thank you for joining us on today.
Man, Bishop went a little long today, but I just really want us to get to this place where, where I can really feed and nurture you in this season because the sound of Pentecost, January 17th, 22 days from January 17th through February the 7th, God is going to meet us. God is going to be resting in this city at 7 p.m. God is going to abide in this house. 7 p.m., one hour of worship, one hour of prayer as we come together, the sound of Pentecost, and suddenly a wind and a move of God fell into place. I love you. Have a great day. God bless. Peace. Hey, guys, three ifs. The three ifs that the enemy uses against us when we're weak physically spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially. Wherever you're weak at, the enemy has three ifs. Those three ifs simply come to do what? To fight against the power of your words, what you identify with. He says, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of man, then turn these stones into bread because you have the power to do it. The enemy's out to contaminate your power. The enemy's out to, to, to confuse your identity. Yeah, I'm weak. Yeah, yeah, really, am I the son of God? I mean, I can do what I want to do. But hear this. You got the power of God on the inside of you where you can speak back the word. I know that I'm hungry. I know that I'm weak. I know that I'm going through. But I don't have to live by natural food only. Yeah, Y'all get what I'm saying. You have to eat natural food. But Jesus was saying that in this moment of my weakness, uh, that natural food is not going to completely sustain me. I'm going to need natural and spiritual fruit. Man shall not live by bread alone, but out of every word that proceedeth out of his mouth, the word of God, the living and breathing word of God. The third, that second if, he comes to do what? He comes to destroy the worth and the value of your worship between you and God. You have a relationship, there is communion, there's fellowship, there's trust, there is dependency, there's faith, there's grace, there's mercy, there's favor. The enemy comes to pull you away from that. He comes to pull you away from it so that you can begin to bow to the other God, the weakness, the selfishness, and then that third if. He comes to do what? He comes to attack your character. He comes to attack your integrity. He comes to discredit you by saying, just simply do whatever you want to, man, and God will save you. Be careful. Don't test God because you're weak. Don't tempt God because you're so weak that you believe that he's going to put up with your foolishness and allow you to just do what you want to do and you won't suffer consequences. God is a righteous God. He's a merciful God. But he says, Jesus says, we should not test or tempt the Father. I want you to do this for me this week. I just simply just want you to just be mindful of the attacks. Lord, what must I do? Number one, I want you to pray that God will reveal the plan of the enemy that comes to attack the power of your words. Number two, I want you to ask God to allow you to demonstrate, to demonstrate your relationship through worship where you're able to resist the enemy by doing what? By worshiping God and God only. Which God am I talking about? The only God. The only living and breathing God. He is the Father of Jesus Christ. Come on now. He's the God that created you. He's the God that woke you up this morning. He's not the higher power. He's not some super. He's God. That's the God that you should worship. I don't want you to bow to your weaknesses. I don't want you to begin to bow to greed and all of this. And then the third one, I want you to ask God to allow you to do something so great, to live and to be integral in the choices that you make this week. You might be going through something right now. You might be weak. You might be in need of finances. Don't go to that payday loan. Don't take out another loan. 
Don't go beg somebody for it and you got to pay 20% interest. Don't, don't go get the car that's going to put you in, in, in greater debt. Don't sign the mortgage and, and you don't have all the money that is needed. I know that God creates miracles, but I'm talking about in moments of your weakness, don't make bad decisions. Allow the choices of your life to reflect your faith, your trust, and your dependence in the God that you serve. I love you. I appreciate you. I hope that each and every one of you are praying and preparing the sound of Pentecost. 22 days of prayer. We start January 17, 2022, all the way through February the 7th. The sound of Pentecost. We're going to pray every night, 7 p.m. I want you to bring your children. I want you to bring your grandma. I believe that signs, wonders, and miracles, the year of expansion, double or nothing. I love you. I appreciate you. Merry Christmas. Have a great season. And remember that Jesus is the reason for this season. I love you. God bless you. Have a great day. Peace.